Demons Discuss, Take 34, The One with the Baggage. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We're your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me are my buds, Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello, everyone. So, what are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about Chapter 10, The Chapel, The Confession. Ooh. Matthew being his messy, baggagey, carrying self. Awesome. Yeah, I can handle Matthew that way in this chapter. <laughs> it's an angsty little ride we're going to take you on today. <laughs> Messy little Matthew. <laughs> All right. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have any discusser emails this time because we came up with a recording date, very last minute, and we didn't want to torture our discussers with a last minute email. So we'll be recording next week. So on Monday, I will send out an email for prompts for chapter 11. Uh, discussers or listeners for that matter. After listening to this episode, feel free to chime in with your thoughts on this chapter and we'll include it in a housekeeping segment. And I do want to say for the very first time, this podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Yay! That was real. That was real. (laughs) That's right. We are no longer solely self-funded and we can remain ad-free. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash demons discuss. And the following chapter discussion is brought to you by Melanie Nelson. Thank you, Melanie. All right. So let's start, guys, on our first patron-sponsored episode. Oh, the pressure. <laughs> oh, no. Can we, can we live up to it? I know. Here we go. <laughs> All right. We left off in Chapter 9. Diana had been given charge of the household and managed to pull it off. She suspects Philippe is testing her, but she's determined to hold herself to the challenge. She told Matthew, under Philippe's watchful eye, that she found the kitchens absolutely fascinating. We open up chapter 10 with Diana thinking that Philippe might be fascinating, but he's maddening and inscrutable, just like Matthew promised. We find Matthew and Diana in the Great Hall. Diana's eating breakfast and poof, Philippe appears and insists Matthew will hunt because he refuses to feed in front of his wife. And then Matthew procrastinates. He's like, uh, maybe tomorrow. What do you guys think of this? <laughs> I thought about the fact that I wanted to have some soft-boiled eggs and Yes, toast, they personally. sounded delicious. <laughs> they sounded good. They did. This chapter made me hungry yesterday morning while I was reading it on the plane to Tulsa. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I'm like, mmm, eggs. Mm, I love that he, that he continues so, nice. to call Matthew Matthios. I mean, he doesn't skip a beat. He doesn't care that he just came 500 or how many hundred years from the future and is back with them. He just is going to call him Matthios. And, and what's so funny about it is, once again, talk about Jean and her weird mashups. Sometimes in my head when he's being like that, all kind of sarcastic, but jolly at the same yes. time. I keep seeing the ghost of Christmas future <laughs> from Dickens. Okay. You, elaborate you know a little. Yeah, I do know what you mean, but elaborate a is little he the, bit. Is he yeah. the, the green jolly guy? Yes, okay. the green jolly guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but I mean, he's the green jolly guy, but he's like imparting this really serious dour message, but he's delivering it. Oh, God, now I'm confused. He's a ghost of Christmas present, I think. Present? The green. Jo- I'm thinking of the green jolly guy who's like, I think present. God, I screwed up this. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he's. Yeah. Present. You're right. Yeah, ghost of Christmas present. I didn't mean ghost. Ghost of Christmas future. 
future is a grim reaper. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean him. Um, Not that guy. Hubbard's more that guy. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah, I mean, and it's like the most recent version I've watched of it was, no, actually it wasn't the Muppets. We watched the version with Patrick Stewart this year, which was also very good, by the way. The last but, one I watched yeah, was I mean, Scrooged, so. <laughs> del- del- but my point being is he's always wrapped up in all this good cheer, but he's delivering like this dead serious message. Yeah. Yes. Like, you need to get on the right well, road. Well, and now that you say the the ghost of Christmas present, the green, the big jolly guy, I that's who, when they're celebrating all those different um, celebrations, Saturnalia and Advent and all that kind of stuff, I picture that now with all the decorations that exactly who comes to mind. Like, like, and the, kid, like a, and the kids and the blowing up clock and all yes, of that. Yes, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like, yeah. A, like, you know how like Norman Rockwell used to paint like classic scenes, like exactly out of uh, like a Victorian picture. That's what I pictured Philippe's celebration to be like. You know, like that kind of etching. Yeah, not Santa Claus, no. but the spirit of Christmas, which is yes. totally different. Right. Yeah, it's funny, and I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but when um, Matthew was describing what Philippe used to do and bring the children toys and grant their wishes, I'm like, he was Saint Nick totally yes. back then. So mm-hmm. it's it's not off base. Anyway, on with the chapter. Um, Philippe yes. chides. He's like, you have to take care of yourself because a hungry, tired vampire is not a good travel buddy. And least of all for a warm-blooded witch. (laughs) Right. And he's not wrong. (laughs) He's not wrong. Baldwin does the same thing to Diana in the Book of Life. Remind me. When she shows up, he shows up on her doorstep when she's taking care of Matthew after they take care of Benjamin. And he's like, you need to take care of yourself because if you don't, your husband's not going to be able to take care of himself. That's exactly right. 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 Like the caregiver needs care too in order to care for everyone else. Yeah, that's right. Put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on your child. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, like father, like son. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Another connection between the two. They're just like each other. Yep. From what I gathered reading this, Matthew wants to hunt, but he's still worried about what Diana maybe thinks of him hunting. Does that make sense? No. I, I feel like he wants to. In Matthew's warped mind, it does. Yeah. It's like he wants her to love him, but he doesn't think she should. Like, really? Yeah. I, I feel like he tempted to hunt, but he's still worried about what Diana would think of him hunting. Yeah. He's like, he's projecting. He hates that he has to yeah. hunt. I think that's the thing. Which is crazy because he already hunted in front of her once. Yeah, but he. I feel like he thought that was going to be a one-time good deal. And okay, you're good now. You're good. Well, and <laughs> well, I didn't. Philippe is asking him to go with him. He's not saying the trio of them should go. You know, so what, yeah, what's the big deal? Like, I got to eat. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Me and dad are going out to eat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Need anything? Right. <laughs> I'll bring it back. We'll stop at the, we'll stop at the village 7-Eleven on the way back. <laughs> But Diana sends him on his way. She picks up on this and says, don't worry, I have a lot to do. So go do your thing. Yeah. So that was good. Um, she goes on to work out the chef for Saturday's pre-Advent feast. Is that what that was? Yes. Yeah, pre-Advent yes. feast. She discussed her clothing requirements with the village seamstress. Later, she takes a tour with Alon, the courtyard workshops. And I kept thinking about the courtyard workshops. Now, were these shops to sustain the chateau or was it for the village? Do you know what for I mean? Both. Yeah, for both. For both? I, I think, think it was both. for both. Yeah. Okay. And she said everything that was needed could be found there from candles to drinking water. So maybe it was like the town market open at the chateau. I don't see. Yeah. Well, what I was even more puzzled by of all the things that she wanted to remember every detail of why the blacksmith shop. And right. The, the combination of metal 
medals. Yeah. I mean, what was Deb working on when she decided to stick that in the book? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and all the while, she's taking mental notes for her life as a historian. She hasn't let that go. It's I like, noticed yeah. that. I did notice that exactly. I'm like, she still thinks she's going to return back to her present life and everything's going to be fine. It's like, oh, this will be neat for when I go back to teach. Yeah. And I go back to research. And I, it's like, really, Diana? Yeah. After all this time and the things you've Wait. seen, you're not okay. Yeah. You time walk, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no going back from that. <laughs> I, I picture this. <laughs> I picture this little town setup. You know how Downton Abbey, the estate, is like kind of responsible for in town. Yeah. Yes. So I picture it like that. Yeah. And very much like the company, even the company town in the 30s for like the railroad, right? Or for the mining yes. Town. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I was always wondering what little shops. You know, why do you need a candle maker at the chateau? Couldn't you somebody go down to the village and get candles or don't they said I'm like oh no they're making it right in house right well I kind of think the village is probably also part of the larger enclosure for the chateau because the first thing Diana said was it was more of a fortress than anything else yes yeah so yep you're right and here's my thing I wanted to know more about what they were going to have for the pre-advent feast because those eggs made me hungry (laughs) (laughs) like what's next (laughs) it's like okay come on tempt me (laughs) what's next (laughs) what's the next course I'm going to end up eating crackers at the at the Tulsa airport anyway, so at least let me <laughs> fantasize for a little bit. <laughs> crackers. What's with those pretzels, man? They give you like three pretzels in a bag, not even peanuts. I know. Oh, dude, we did not even get pretzels or peanuts this time on Southwest because the turbulence was so bad going in and coming back. <laughs> really? It was not a good travel day for Jean. She was cranky. Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I know. But we got, at least our plane didn't get hit by lightning and grounded. And then what stuck you there? Uh, they were scrambling to move equipment around. Oh, okay. So everybody kind of got stacked up because Southwest wanted to get as many people to make their connections as possible. Mm. All right. And they didn't want... <laughs> Enough of our airline woes. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I figured it was professional interest on your part. Back, back yeah, to the I was, but I forgot what I was doing. I was like, oh, we're doing a podcast here. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was a ditch. So anyway. Angela, Angela you were our advent expert last time in the fasting part. Uh, do you have any input as to what this feast could possibly consist of? No, I would think it would just be like <laughs> farm to table food, you know, just whatever is abundant, <laughs> whatever's abundant at that time. I don't think it's, I don't recall it being anything particularly special. There wasn't like traditional. The, the fish, the all fish deal or anything like that. Okay. Mm. <gasps> Castellette, that sounds good. You think Catholic would have something symbolic. So I'm sure there is something, but I'm not aware of what it, what it is. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So she practices her handwriting, asks the musicians for dance lessons, reads and starts fussing in uh, Mart's still room. She borrowed a couple kids from the kitchen to assist her to start making spirit of wine. Now, is I've always understood spirit of wine to be like refined alcohol. Is that what she was trying to do? Isopropyl? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. for sterilizing stuff and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. probably. Okay. I never looked it up, but I, I was like, spirit of wine. Well, I'm thinking alcohol, maybe? So maybe I'll look that up and put it in the show yeah. notes. So uh, yeah, re- refined alcohol is what I'm going to go with. And then Alan shows up to let her know there's a conundrum with that evening's meal, and he pauses to look at the craziness that's happened in Mart's sacred room. Well, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to fully look because he, by th- their standards, she's not has some clothes on. Even though I know, she's <laughs> practically naked, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> and messy too. <laughs> I mean, she sits sitting there in her corset and her skirts, and she's got her shit thrown everywhere. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she's kind of a mess. 
Yep. And it turns out the household was hungry and thirsty and they couldn't sit down without her. And do you know what was interesting about that whole passage? It's like, man, what a luxury. She's like got the afternoon. Running the household didn't seem like quite the burden that Matthew was making it sound. It's funny. I mean, she had the luxury to have a dancing lesson and practice her hand. You know what? It's funny you say that. Futs. Because when I was reading that, I exactly thought that. I'm like, this is just like when Brad and the kids go away for the afternoon. <laughs> and I have all this time to like read a book or look at a magazine or, you know, do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hello, not a hardship. <laughs> I'm telling you, on my days off, ever since the kids have moved out and Robert is at work and I happen to have off days where he's not here, I kind of lay around and I kind of surf the web. I kind of play with graphics. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I want this life every day. I know. Oh, my God. I guess ladies of leisure did that yeah. back then. Maybe. I wonder how often in her her present day life did she do alchemy, you know, the experiments and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. See, I don't. Yeah. I mean, they mentioned that one time with Chris. Yeah. Early on where he got his students to do something in. Oh, the Arbor Diane. Yeah. And and grow one for her so they can she could watch it happen. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure she was actually actively uh, yeah. doing stuff. I, I mean, think just she because, studied it. Yeah, because yeah. you're a historian of science doesn't necessarily mean that you know the application. Practice science. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was probably neat for her to, hey, let's see how we can make this actually happen versus me just studying yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I love how she she figured, oh, the Declaremont Library, of course, there's going to be a book for whatever I need, including how to fix leaks. Yeah. In her cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cauldron repair 101. And I like how she actually wrote in the margins. She did marginalia of her own for future reference, which, right. which could lead to some trouble, yeah. probably. But no one would really know that was her doing it. The thing of it was, it struck me as like, wait a minute, we already had freaky marginalia once with uh, the copy of Shadow of Night that Isabel sent at the end of... Uh, right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And a discovery of witches. So, What struck me was I got the impression that Philippe led Alain to believe that Diana would handle this. Oh, Diana will handle it as far as mm-hmm. the meal for the house. And it's just another test. More tests. After that, Katrine gets her dress right quick and she rushes to the hall so everyone can eat their meals. Matthew's surprised to find her there when he returns and Diana handles herself by saying, I thought it would be rude if I didn't. It's like, why are you doing this? I thought you'd be in the library. She's like, I thought it'd be rude. (laughs) Why was he so, so upset about this? He was just being an ass. Right. Because he didn't. Of all the bad. He didn't think about it. Of all the hills to die on. Of all the hills to die on, you're going to start a war because she decided she did what she was supposed to and allowed for the household to eat. Right. In keeping with the custom and tradition of the house. I mean, really? Empathy, Matthew. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And plus, he wasn't thinking big picture wise. He was just thinking just because you're not hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she turns to Philippe casually and says, how was hunting? A.K.A. you thought you tripped me up, old man, but you don't know me. I've got this. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you don't know me like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like a land's got my back, too. Yeah, that's true. And here's where we get the hint that animal blood can only do so much. Philippe says animal blood only supplies so much nourishment. And then he checks her neck and Matthew gets all growly. Well, that is a little embarrassing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> when your dad is hitting on your date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Damn. All right. So he goes, enough. And then he was warning Philippe. Okay, so Diana tries to defuse the situation by saying, sit down next to me. Chill out while I eat. And I can picture her patting the bench next to her saying, come sit by me. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Stop making a fuss. Stop being a mess. Yes. When it got too much, when Matthew's just, his tension he's putting out in the in the universe got unbearable. She's like, okay, that's enough. Let's go. And then she stood up. God, he was, and he the, was rest the toddler of the in the store. Yeah, and the rest of the room stood up. That was crazy. Yeah. It's like, wow, I'm picturing this. The whole great hall is standing up when she stands up. So if Matthew's like, okay, let's go. We've had enough of this. And then she stands up. The whole household stands up. But I'm like, look at the ripples you're causing, Matthew. Can't you just sit? Can't you just calm down? He can't. Yeah. But what's so funny is it's like Siege Perilous, but worse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, though, I mean, we don't know it at this point in time, but look what special day is coming. Not special, but but Lucas's birthday. So maybe that is all playing into this, that he can't calm himself down. It's adding to the uh, tension. Yes. All right. So Philippe acts all innocent. He's like, finish so soon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's enjoying every that. minute of it. I just love it. I know. It's funny. <laughs> I love it. Oh, sorry to see you go. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Good night. <laughs> right. He tells Diana good night, and he tells Matthew to return. I'm in the mood for chess. Right. <laughs> yeah. He wants to play chess. That's right. He says, so return after you get done putting her down to sleep and then come back down. I feel like playing chess. So Matthew's taking her to bed and he's telling her, Philippe's treating you like a housekeeper. Why? And then Diana's like, he's treating me like a woman of the times. That's what he expects and that's what I'm going to give him. Yeah. She's trying to be reasonable with somebody who's unreasonable right now, which is Matthew. Well, and like Angela, mm-hmm. you said, he's got a lot going on in his head. Yeah. And FYI, later on, he treats her just the same way. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like being handled. Right. No. He's all for handling everyone else and does it rather badly. But God forbid somebody try to handle him. Yeah. And so she brings up the question, when did you last feed on a creature that walks on two legs? Philippe says you're not as strong as you should be. And then she's like, hey, if you need blood, just come and get it from me. And she's just letting him know it's available. And then Philippe shows up again. Yeah, Poof. right. I, I don't like that either. I don't like that she said that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, God, as you, as you said all this, do you know what this reminds me of? Andorra in Bewitched. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Philippe, Philippe is here with the snarky comment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right? And, and he warns her. He, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And he warns her, careful, Diana. We manja song have sharp ears off your blood in this house and you'll never keep the wolves at bay. So oh, maybe not totally. just Matthew, maybe not just him. Maybe there's other vampires in the house that'd be like, oh, get in line. She's offering her up her right, blood. Right. You know? <laughs> hmm. oh, I mean, it only takes a split second to end up like Eleanor. Yeah. She's really fussing with fire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like, oh, somebody opened that nice bottle of Cavassier at a party and they're like, hmm, give me some. Yeah. <laughs> Lining like, up with their glasses. I want some of that. You know? yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you're up and up to good stuff, right? <laughs> so Matthew's all, go away, Philippe. And then Philippe's letting him know the witch is reckless. I'm just letting you know the witch is reckless and you know that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Matthew's like, the witch is mine. And Philippe's like, not yet, though. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> Referring to the non-mate He's, she's not yet yours. Slow right? your roll. Slow your roll. <laughs> and Matthew just gets more sulky after that. He's so miserable. 
miserable. I know. I understand the whole, okay, I'm looking my dad in the eye and he's supposed to be dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's my my dead human kid's birthday coming up. Mm -hmm. But really, you're getting a second chance with him. Yes, that's true. While he's coherent and cognizant of what's going on. Matthew, you're just... Especially if if you... You need to be spanked. This is going to be my last memory of him. You think that would trump everything? Yeah. Yeah. Matthew's an enigma that way, though. Yeah. Because when left to his own devices, he's all looking at the past. He's ruminating. He's broody. But his actions are very different. His actions are very in the moment. He reacts to things. He doesn't think about things through. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's funny. It's only, the only time he looks at his timeline and his reactions to things is when he's left to his own devices. And that's when he starts feeling sorry for himself. Yeah. He never is able to regulate himself where it's like, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't get upset here or maybe. And I'm not. I We know, OK, later on, it's revealed he has blood rage, but it's always put out that he has a modicum of control over it. Right. You know, yeah. right. But but some of this stuff isn't just blood rage. It's just, like you said, sulky. And I mean, it, some of this is a tantrum. Yeah. In a way. It's acting out. It's like a child acting They've out. They've indulged yeah. him, though, too. I mean, from the poetry that they let him read too much of to Isabeau, you know, him being Isabeau's favorite. I feel like she, he's been overindulged. Yeah. And oh, every time something happens with the blood rage, everybody lets him go off and sulk. Right. Yeah. And rather than dealing with it, maybe it's easier for him to study poetry. And it's like, OK, he's got his poetry. Maybe he'll yeah. be calm. <laughs> Maybe that'll calm him down. So in the course of the next day, Philippe finds Diana and he's like, hey, is Matthew eaten from you or fed from you? So Diana shows her scars on her neck and then inside of her elbow. She's really nonchalant about it, too. She's like, yeah, here and here. And what do you want me to do? He was dying. Like, shut up, old man. And Philippe's like, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> How dumb can you be? And Diana's like, but he was dying, though. You know, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I When I read these exchanges, especially now going back to read, it's really interesting. It brings on a new life to it. It's like, that yeah. was dumb. But she's like, but he was dying. But, you know, he doesn't say it's dumb from like a primitive perspective. Like he might kill you. He's like, the covenant forbids it. Well, he's like the biggest violator of the covenant, you know. I know. Wow. <laughs> funny. Do what I say, not as I do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That was it. Philippe understood that Matthew had convinced himself that as long as only he's taken her blood and not her body, he'd be able to let her go. Philippe knew better. He was like, he'll never be able to let you go, whether you two get it on or not. Mm. (laughs) I want to back up into this ditch one more second. Okay. uh, Philippe says, what a fool you are to allow this vampire to Mm -hmm. take the blood out of not only your arm, but your neck. Philippe said, stunned. The Covenant forbids him to take the blood of witches or demons. Matthew knows this. Mm-hmm. And he also, I mean, I think in that moment, I think that's when it really clicked. It's like, Matthew knows better than to do this. Matthew is like Mr. Stick up his ass stickler for the rules and that the covenant doesn't allow it. And he's doing all these things is like, she's the one. Yeah. I think yeah. the reason Philippe is so stunned is because it's that's when the light bulb went on and she's like, okay, this isn't just Matthew being stupid. Yeah. I really thought... I, th- I think it's good. It's go- time. Yeah. Well, and that's why during this particular reread, I thought he was looking for a mark on her heart vein, but it, it never came about. He said, I thought that's why he was checking. I thought maybe we didn't, we missed it on, or I missed it on the yeah. first zillion reads I've done, but I thought he was looking for the heart vein, but it doesn't seem that. But yeah, you're right. I do agree that it seems like a, a light bulb moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of like, and he's now he's, Matthew's struggle is starting to really get into, you know, I'm sure Philippe in the next few bits here, it's clicking into place that Matthew's being stupid and trying to fight fate. Mm-hmm. Which, 
which it's as true. a Greek, he kn- he knows that th- that ain't happening. It's not possible. Yeah. So Diana's like, I'll never leave him after Philippe is letting her know, hey, he's not going to be able to let you go. And Diana's like, well, I'm not going to leave him. And Philippe had to remind her, but you're going to die eventually. Yeah. And Matthew's inevitably going to want to follow you. And this reminds yeah. Diana of Isabeau's tale of Matthew's suicide attempt. How can you not think about that? It's like, yeah, Matthew's going to take himself when you go. He even warned her. And you know that whole, that one paragraph when he says, rather than grieve, Matthew will want to follow you into death. All I could think of was yeah. Orpheus and Eurydice. Okay, explain. I don't know. Um, she was carried off to the underworld, and I'm, I don't remember a lot of the particulars other than Orpheus went to the underworld to save his love. And that was there was a bunch of tests, tests and tasks, and it's an opera. It's all tragic, romantic, and, you know, you get it. And Jean style. But yes. Orpheus is the one who goes to the underworld and comes back. <laughs> thug note. Orpheus, oh. thug note style. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in a show note. Wait, at this point, she didn't know it was suicide. She just thought he fell, but then is wondering if he was attempting suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with the clues, though, you think she'd put that together when he said, you know, I feel 37. And then when you go, I will go with you. And I'm like, <laughs> right. you, you didn't get that clue? <laughs> she was in love. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is besides Philippe just being Philippe, he's kind of like both the angel and the devil on, on Matthew's shoulder. <laughs> whispering in yes, both ears yes, at the same both of them, time, which is mm-hmm. probably why yeah. Matthew is like losing his mind. <laughs> yeah. So we get into the religious talk where Matthew's God is never satisfied. And I love this quote. I love it. <laughs> when you and I... <laughs> love it, love it, love it. <laughs> when you and I have done wrong, we settle our accounts with the gods and return to living with the hope of doing better in future. Isabeau's son confesses his sins and atones again and again for his life, for who he is and what he has done. He is always looking backward and there's no end to it. And Diana thinks it's because Matthew is of great faith, but Philippe corrects her. He's like, nah, he doesn't believe he has less faith than anyone I know. I was so, I was stunned no. at that. The first read ever, I was <laughs> yeah. stunned. I'm like, oh my gosh. He, yeah. Philippe's got his number. Yeah. All he possesses yeah. is belief, which is quite different and it depends on the head rather than the heart. Matthew has always had a keen mind and one capable of dealing with abstracts like God. And it's how he came to accept who he had become after after Isabeau, after Isabeau made him part of the family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was deep. It hit me hard. I was like, mm-hmm. when I first read this, I was like, you know, he's right. I know a lot of people who believe, but I don't know that they have a lot of faith just because of how they act and they're very mm-hmm. cynical. And it's like, you don't really have faith. I think you say you believe these things, but right. yeah, you pick apart what you want to see. Well, and the other thing is, too, is it's like in that passage, it comes very clear that Matthew's the child that lives in his head. Yes. This head's a scary place. Right. Yes. It's a dark, messed up. I feel like he always felt he deserved that dark, messed up place, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Which is where the whole belief versus faith comment of Philippe's also comes in. Because if he had faith, he would have faith in his God and faith in his that. He would have faith that his confession and his atonement is enough. But he doesn't, which is why he keeps atoning and atoning for the same thing over and over again. Philippe goes on to say his sons chose other paths, war, love, mating, conquest, acquisition of riches for Matthew always ideas. Did you go through did you go through a mental checklist when he said war, Baldwin, love, Hugh, meeting mm-hmm. Hugh, yes. conquest, yes. Baldwin, acquisition of riches, <laughs> Baldwin, Baldwin, Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> I thought, well, you know what? I'm like, where did God 
free fit in this list. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would love to know. Okay, so of all of his sons, Godfrey was... The lawyer? He, Godfrey was... The, he was the lawyer. lawyer yeah. yeah, he was the lawyer. Hugh was the negotiator? Yes. Yeah. I think Hugh, when Philippe says negotiator, he think more peacemaker, bridge builder than like lawyer type negotiator. Yeah. Right. I, I'm sure Godfrey's in there. We just don't know enough about him. Because he could be there for, yeah. he loved yeah. meeting conquest too. And of course, war. I mean, he was one of the knights, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, Matthew, it was always ideas. And Diana's like, he still likes ideas. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I just feel like Matthew is weird. It's when he gets in his feelings, he's a mess. Yes. But when he can stay focused on something, he's fine. Uh, just don't let Matthew get to the idea part, you know? Right. <laughs> Maybe if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you keep him away from the ideas, he'll be okay. But no, he, he loves them. So it's a self-torture, I think. And so Diana is like, well, you know, he still likes ideas. But she goes on to say, ideas are seldom strong enough to provide the basis for courage, not without faith in the future. And then Philippe is like, you don't know your husband like I think you should. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And on, on this read, I can totally see this setup. I'm not so blindsided and I really realize Philippe is just ensuring Diana takes her blinders off to see what she's dealing with. Yeah. And what she'll have to deal with with the rest of her life. And I think when I first read this, I was like, wow, why is he giving her such a hard time? Mm -hmm. But he is setting her up for success. Yeah. And then he he drops this little tip. Yeah. Matthew goes to the church in the village around midday. So when you think he's looking for your book, you might follow him one day. Perhaps you'll get to know him better. You know, just just letting you know, just yeah. a little tip. So yeah. she goes to follow him that one day and finds him exactly where Philippe says in the church. You guys ready to talk about this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I mean, Matthew's been telling her, you know, you don't know what it means to be in love with a vampire or a vampire to be in love with you. But he just, it's just words. He's, you know, actions speak louder than words. And that's what Philippe is doing. He's doing the action part of it. What I call the JZB principle. Yeah. <laughs> actions, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. The JZB pr- principle and yeah, the action principle and action. That doesn't Jane. make sense. Uh-oh. Never mind. I'm here. Hello. Okay. <laughs> oh, you were just oh, pausing no. to reflect. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, yes, I was. We should probably explain the JZB principle. Angela? So explain oh, the JZB yeah. principle. Jericho Barons of the Fever series, he is big on action. So where he might not say, I love you, he'll show you he loves you. If he, he says, don't worry, I'll protect you, he will protect you. He shows you by actions. He doesn't live his life by words. No. Yeah, he doesn't tell you the flowery words. No, he thinks they're meaningless. No, you not know, at all. He's like, I'm not going to waste my time on words because they're just words. Yeah. And that's kind of Philippe. So, so she goes on Monday to the church. Why was she, And she was hoping to find it empty. Why did she want Philippe to be wrong? He was, like Angela said, he's giving her the tools to move this forward and she kind of doesn't want them. No. Because she'd have to admit though that he she doesn't know him as well as she she should. And I was nervous the first time I read this. I'm like, oh no, what is he doing? I, you know, of course, right away I think, oh my God, he's betraying her. Or he's doing something nefarious, but he's not. He's just, as we're about to find out, doing something different. Yep. Yes. So Diana goes to the church and he's there like Philippe says. And Deb sets a scene for you by having Matthew dressed up 
up and Jess's linen shirt, breeches, tights, and shoes. Meanwhile, Diana's all bundled up. I don't know. I, I just feel like it, that's part of Matthew just not paying attention to his surroundings, not mm-hmm. paying. He doesn't care at this point. He's just there to atone for his sins once again. And this is the church that Matthew built. But here's the other thing, too. for From a human perspective, okay, he's a vampire. He's not necessarily he's not affected, right. affected by the cold or whatnot. But for a visual picture for the reader, for and even for Diana, it's like the discomfort is an atonement in, in and of itself. Yes. yes. It's like it's like the hair shirt or the all the other things that people may yes. have remembered from Dan Brown movies and whatnot. But Matthew in the bitter cold in britches and a linen shirt praying for absolution is going to be a very strong visual picture when we get to season two. I always think of that. I think of that albino monk Silas in the Dan Brown in what Da Vinci Code. And Matthew's not that extreme, right. but he feels he deserves it. If there's pain to be inflicted, yeah. I deserve it. Right. And yes. we, we even note this while Dan invites him back to the chateau. Hey, let's go back to the chateau. It's at least warm and we can sit down. And Matthew's like, uh-uh, churches are not built for comfort. And right. basically it's like, you're in the church, you're going to suffer. Right. That's, that's what it's built for. <laughs> and, I, and I think part of Matthew's just his head being such a dark place and him always being in that bad frame of mind is the fact that as a vampire, he can't physically really scourge himself or cause himself too much discomfort or right. pain. Mm-hmm. Right. In in the bigger scheme of things. So he just causes himself mental pain. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to see it. I mean, that, exactly. this church is a step up from the cardinal making him kneel on flagstone slabs. Well, the, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that, that was all part of it. Right. You know, his interpretation that this place is meant for suffering and suffering he will. He's just determined to suffer. So that's how it's going to happen. And then yeah. uh, Diana describes a scene. Rose of Angels, the Virgin Mary. Joseph. Images of the Last Judgment. Angela and Jean, tell me about that. I was curious. Last Judgment, tell me about it. What is that? Oh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. There you go. The Last <laughs> Judgment of Christ when the sinners are brought up, people who have lived well are brought yeah. up to heaven. Kind of like the rapture. <laughs> yeah, I mean the world's at its end and everyone goes through one by one their judgment with God and you determine, you get your fate determined and you might end up in heaven, you might end up in purgatory, you might end up in hell. You know, so two out of three are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and it from what it sounds like, the artists who were hired to finish the church while Matthew was gone did it in excruciating detail. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it feels like the people that wrote the book to be a Catholic, I mean, they think like Matthew. <laughs> Well, wow. yeah. it sounds some crazy stuff there. <laughs> I mean, early on, thinking in Catholic, you know, starting Catholic school, you're taught you're not perfect. You're born with a black mark on your soul. Those are the exact words that they use. So you're already starting out your little life like that. And then you're <laughs> surrounded by these yeah. wonderful imagery of despair and pain. And you're, you're, <laughs> you're yeah. guilted into being good. Right. I get yes. it. I get yes. it. I get it. That, that's one way to approach it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all have passed in this world and that's definitely a way to do it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I heard someone say, a friend, I'm a, I'm a God-fearing person. I'm like, why would you fear God? That's not how you should be taught. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's Matthew, too. And what I thought was really interesting is that, oh, God, when he said, I built part of it, the rest was completed while I was away. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
after Oof. he was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what was, what, yeah. what, well, after he looking, was supposedly gone. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that killed me is like he said, the apse was completed while I was away. And that was the part of the church with the imagery of God meeting out justice. Do you think that I almost get the feeling mm. that he, he believed that that was a message for him. So of course he's going to internalize that. Yes. It, you know, the, mm-hmm. they picked that while I was away to give, tell, give me a message, which is totally stupid, but that's Matthew. So. Yeah, but yeah. that's Matthew. That's what he does. Yeah. So Matthew told him, you know, at least this place is private and Philippe wouldn't step foot in there. And then we find out today was Lucas's birthday. Don't, don't, don't. So sad. And then he shows her where he and his mother were buried. And to me, I was like, oh, man, Matthew. God. Right. Yeah. This is and terrible. And it's not marked. That was the other yeah. thing. I was like, why isn't it even marked? Is that is, is that yeah. typical? For them to be buried in the church? I don't well, know. I, I don't. I would think so. I, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, there were always burials in the church. Look at Westminster, all the abbeys and cathedrals in England. I mean, granted, but you had to be like a person of and rank. And, and, yeah. To be the, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't even a declaremont <laughs> yeah. back then. He was whoever he was. Yeah. He kind of was because Isabel and Philippe brought up human Matthew pretty much after his parents died. Yeah. yeah they looked after so him. So maybe that's why they entombed them there because. Philippe named him. Yeah, and I suppose he b- did build the church, so, so maybe he had special yeah. Yeah. special dibs <laughs> on the burials. Special dibs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a place of honor for, you know, one of the people you that get, built you get, the church. Yeah. You part, get a plot. Of your, part of your payment is, here's your here's your crypt. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, that was a diversion. So, I just was curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, it's, it is, you're right, because he's not, well, even, it's like, he, he always occupies this weird space. It's like he's practicing to become a declaremont before he does because they're not really nobility but they are even as vampires it's like mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep. you know, they're like down low nobility they're they're just yeah. like everybody knows it's really them in charge but we'll let you be the king or we'll let you right. you know it, it's kind of it's it's very deep state <laughs> it's a vampire village they're not going to need that many crypts <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There'll be room. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I mean, sure, well, we've got room for Blanca. There, no, there could be crypts. They're just empty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. There, there, there's not like there's a, a big waiting list to use them. Yeah, yeah that's true. Very true. So he goes on to tell the story of how uh, right. Blanca Back it and up. met. We're backing it up, okay? Lucas's name. It's Greek for bright one. This is one of many yep. light, bright, white it's that whole <laughs> references. Bright in the Allsouls trilogy with Philippe. Yep. Yes. Lucas and Blanca. Mm-hmm. Blanca as well. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Sorry. Proceed. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells the story about how him and Blanca met and their relationship, and it's not the pretty tale that Isabel told this time. Um, Matthew describes it from his point of view, and my take was that he saw her, he wanted her, and he kind of implied he bullied her into sleeping with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure if you heard Blanca's story, it'd be different. But that's the uh, yeah. I just like oh the the boy who's the beloved of the noble family of the village is bringing me strawberries and keeping the other boys away from me is probably going to be her version of the story yeah. yeah right yeah but there's his side there's her side and somewhere in the middle is the truth right. so you know there might yes. be elements of the story that he's telling that might be a little bit true but so. he's telling the story and he says when I look back I wonder if she was abused when she was a child not punished we were all punished and in no in ways no matter 
modern parent would ever dream of, but something more. Then I feel like all of a sudden you should say, but I digress. Let me get back on with the story. I'm like, I didn't even know where that was going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, whoa, he fell in. He went into the ditch. What's going on? I know. It's like... <laughs> oh, man. So Diana's a bit, Diana's a bit confused because she's under the impression that they were in love and he's telling her that Bianca was horse. And then he told her about the miscarriages and then finally the success with Lucas. And I'm feeling for Blanca at this point. Yes. I'm like, man, all those miscarriages. Wow. Here's the, the interesting thing. Did you notice on the dates when he they were he was uh, courting her with the berries and midnight walks? August. And yeah, she got knocked up in August. Yeah, they got married Think in about October. What, August is. what? What is it? August is August is a goddess's feast day. Oh, Diana was born in August. Mm-hmm. What was it? The 13th of August? 13th. Yes. Yes. Wow. Huh. I wonder if that was on purpose. With Deb, everything's on purpose. I know. You're right. <laughs> I know. That was a dumb question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then they got married near near Samain in his birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think the corollary of names are important is dates are important. Yeah. Yes, I do so too. They got married. They got married Samhain, right? And yeah, that's about right. Wow. Goddess's feet stay Samhain. And yeah. Good looking out, Jane. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I figured that I looked at the right. history. I'm like, whoa. So here's where Matthew gets a little fatalistic and off the cliff here. If I didn't insist on having her, she wouldn't have gone through the grief of the miscarriages. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, wow, dude. <laughs> Not everything is your fault. Right. Stop it. Well, I mean, right. like, the only reason she wanted to have sex with him was because he made her. Ugh. I mean, even even when he said filling her with death, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I dark. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. Wow. Come on. It's like, come mm. on, pal. At this point, it, it just makes the reader think like she had no free will whatsoever in this whole thing in his scenario like and it's kind of like the way he treated diana early on with the whole shutting her down and like oh well she you can't possibly really like me and yeah i can't articulate it as well as i'd like to that's a steamer trunk of baggage right there (laughs) i mean did you guys start to think that maybe this is why he didn't want to sleep with diana because he didn't want to bully her he was scared of coercing her no or anything like that i didn't think that See, it didn't occur to me that he was doing that. I just felt like he was scared of his own self and scared of... He was scared of stepping into the future. He was... Uh-oh. I hear you. I still see you there. Yeah, and I hear you. I, hear I don't you. think she hears us. I see her there. Okay. Okay. We're I so close. Again. I can hear God, you. I'm not is... saying anything. I, we can hear you fine. Can you hear huh. us? Can you hear me now? <sighs> no. God. <sighs> Jean got kicked out. Shit. It's going to be one of those days, huh? Yeah, we're, we're doing so good. We're almost done, too. I mean, at least with the chapter. Oh, I'm back. I'm back now. Okay. I lost you guys on the call. Okay. Okay. We're all here? All here. Yes, we are. The kids are all here. Okay. <laughs> Count the heads. God, this, we need to get the latch fixed on that back gate on the station wagon. Oh, my God. When Gene keeps rolling out. <laughs> <laughs> Who's driving this thing like it's a Maserati? Well, (laughs) I'll slow down. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now, where did we leave off? We were in the church. Jean was saying something. 
forget what she was saying. I was saying she was saying things. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> I was saying things about Matthew and his approach to women and his refusal to recognize that they have free agency in a relationship and may disagree with how he perceives how they feel about him. They couldn't know their hearts better than he knows right. their hearts. Right, which is a little which, bit arrogant. <laughs> in a little, yeah, it's very arrogant. How dare you tell me how I feel about you? Right, it's almost like he's saying she wouldn't have even given me the time of day if she wasn't broken. Right. All I deserve are the broken toys. Yeah. And which is maybe why he comes to become accustomed to them. The broken people. That could be it too. Yeah. And maybe that's why Isabel was under the impression he always liked fragile things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, was she even abused? I mean, yes, she was fragile in that she was having a lot of miscarriages and was probably physically frail. Right. But I don't, in this telling about her from other people's perspective, I wonder if she was really that weak of spirit. I kind of get the feeling, no. Maybe not as far as Matthew is taking it. It's yeah. like he tends to take, yeah. he probably takes a little fact and tends to expand it to make it fit his internal agenda. But definitely. Maybe Bianca was a little bit kowtowy because we all know those people that'll bend if you tell them to do something or right. if you persuade them, they're very bendable. Like with each other, we're very bendable. You know? Right. Yes. <laughs> we, are, we are, but to the outside world, we are not at all malleable. Yeah, that's true. If I asked you to do something, Jean, you would bend out of your way. And would that be me thinking you were abused and I've got the power over and I bullied you? No. Yeah. We just know each other yeah. enough and trust each other enough where we're very bendable with each other. It's like, we should do this thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no drama. Sounds yeah. like a pretty good idea. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. and I mean, as we'll find out later on, you know, even Philippe says, it's always the dark things with you, Matthew, never the light. Right. Yeah. And what's so funny is Philippe is a vampire and he is all about the light. Right. Yeah. I mean, he is. He is all about light. And then he thinks Philippe despises him. He's like, Philippe has always despised me. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, back Wait, up the bus. No. <laughs> because, but that's, but that's him talking because Philippe's, I don't, wouldn't even say he's been hard on him. He's just a, grown up in a different time or, you know, and Matthew's soft. You know, he, he does yeah. have his nose in books. Oh, geez. I mean, it's like my own son who plays video games endlessly. I make him go to basketball practice. Oh my God, am I mean? You know? <laughs> oh my God. You're horrible. You're trying to make him a, you're trying to make him a well-rounded, well, not round, but well-rounded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you want your all-around, uh, like in the Air Force, they call it your, your well-rounded airman, somebody who participates in community, somebody who does, yes. oh, somebody who's smart in the books, somebody who's physically fit, somebody well-rounded. Yeah. You want yeah. somebody like that. And he was just trying to train up Matthew to be well-rounded. Yes. <sighs> well, so, and I also he, this is exasperating. That's why I'm like, ah. Well, he did. I mean, but he did hear. I guess that from what he says, he overheard Philippe saying, or knew that Philippe said that he was basically a coward because he tried to commit suicide. Right. Oh, I missed yeah. that part. He confesses his attempted suicide. So, what'd you guys think about that? I mean, we kind of knew it. <laughs> this was not yeah. a surprise to me. I was just like. Um, I think I'm yeah. my, I don't know. I think on my first read, I was kind of surprised. I'm like, that's not what Isabeau said. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But didn't she say something about, I don't know, I, I, I'd have to go back. But. I thought she said he was one minute he was standing on the scaffolding and then no one saw him. And then all of a right. sudden, the next minute he was on the ground. Right. And something about there was something with the church. They didn't want to bring up the controversy of the possibility of suicide because there were stories going around. Right. Right. You know what? And she did say, I didn't want him to die thinking that he was never going to be reunited with Blanca or that he was going to go to hell or live in purgatory forever. So it, that that would be the reason that you would not go to heaven is because you committed suicide. So I guess she, right. did, she did kind of hint to it. Yeah. Then- 
then he's got to like put the cherry on top. I tried to give my own life, but God didn't want it. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, my God. Oh, I my know. God. I know. Exasperating. This chapter was exhausting to me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not even, I know. You're not even worthy I know. enough to die. <laughs> That's too good for and you. I, and I'll be honest, <laughs> the very first time I read it, it was heartbreaking. It was. And then it's like on rereads, it's like, God, you just want to smack him upside the head. Well, that's, right. that's snap out of that's it. That's exactly how Philippe feels. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I really get where Philippe's frustration comes from. <laughs> I just honestly, when he was like, Philippe despised me. And I'm like, no, I nothing I ever read from first read to this read indicated Never. that Philippe despised you. Mm-hmm. He was just being your dad. Right. So he was caring for you, making you well-rounded vampire, making you, yeah. you know, <laughs> just... Anyway, so Diana is sensing that Matthew has more to tell. She's already granted him the secret of the de Claremont congregation member. Right. You know, right. Which, who that's supposed which to be. we all were dying over on first read. I know. Read. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he discloses he took Philippe's life because Isabel wouldn't do it. And then it was like, what? What the what? Yes. First read, this read. Like, yeah. oh my God. Nine million percent. Yes. Uh, and then the Nazi story. What do you guys think about that? When I mean, this is before we knew anything about the Nazis and everything like that. Baldwin kind of alluded to it in his uh, yes diatribe when they yeah. went to go me- uh, rescue oh. Diana, mm-hmm. but we didn't know. Baldwin alluded to it when he made the comment about Isabel snacking on folks in on uh, which uh, Argentina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the comment about Argentina is like ah, boys from Brazil. Yeah, we went Nazi hunting. I was no, I just say I was floored. I was not expecting that at all. I mean, because no Deb does a good no. job of veiling it and you think it leads you to believe like she says Gallo Glass and Hugh so you think it's about them and all of a sudden bam Philippe yep yeah. how they tortured him and deprived him of nourishment Matthew's convinced and he's also convinced that if Hugh was alive he would have given him hope to go on yeah Hugh would have fixed it yeah and I don't Let's think just... I don't think that could have happened quite honestly no. no and he was just tired the way he describes it Philippe was just tired he was just ready to okay I'm done now mm-hmm. I'm done now but now looking at it he knew knew his death was coming to him at this point when the Nazis had captured him. He knew it was coming. Right. So that's why he was just like, okay, we're good now. He wanted and then Matthew says he wanted to close his eyes and forget. And then Matthew, knowing what that feels like, took his life. Mm -hmm. Prior to this, Philippe just kept cutting his wrists and they kept healing. Mm And how torturous for a vampire. You just want to end it and you just can't. Right. Damn. Yeah. I mean, and this is the man who's used to getting his way. All the time. If so, if he, Yeah. If you want something to happen, he can make it happen. Right. Saying the one thing he really needed to do, which was just like, be done. And he couldn't do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. All the things he did for his family and he had to ask them to do this. And that's why from I this mean, point forward as a reader, I can't. That's when the whole Philippe feels come into play because I'm like, oh, my gosh, he has no idea. I know, but you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so everything I read from here on out, I just keep thinking he doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> oh, my God. So Matthew drains him dry. Yeah. It was bad enough to find out about the torture and the Nazis. And then not that that was bad of what Matthew did, but then that was just like an extra layer of holy crapness. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dreams and dry. And then the memories and everything was broken and fractured. But Isabel, everything about Isabel was clear. Okay. So Matthew realizes even his memories are broken. That doesn't even help him realize that it was a kind thing for him to do. Right. Philippe certainly thought so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, thank you. Jeez. <laughs> What's it take to yeah. somebody drain me dry? God. And looking at this, like Angela said earlier, is Matthew needs a little more empathy. But And you're right. But what he does with his, and I hate to say lack of empathy, he's got like this twisted form of empathy that he just uses as a weapon on himself. Mm-hmm. He beats himself up with empathy right. rather than right. turned inwards, it turns into a bad thing. It's almost like he gets some kind of twisted pleasure out of it. It's like, yeah. how can I turn this around to torture myself? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying, though. And it's like reverse empathy, whereas if someone were in his situation, he would forgive them. He would talk them down from the ledge. He would smooth it over. But for himself, he can't do that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what do you get out of this, Matthew, that you have to do this every single time to yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it's additional redemption. Maybe if he tortures himself, he'll be redeemed in the end. Yeah. It's his own penance. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that it was extreme, though, that he had to drink every drop. And not that I'm not saying anything about <laughs> Matthew, but I'm like, <laughs> really? You got to drink every drop? <laughs> Philippe was such an ancient vampire that it probably wouldn't have taken but a little bit of his blood to remain to help him rejuvenate. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget, we don't quite know what we're dealing with with this Philippe is true. to this day. This is true. Yeah. So... Matthew goes on to explain how he's a killer and displayed his self-loathing. And all of a sudden, Matthew made sense to her. He thought she'd never be able to love him after that, but she found herself accepting him and loving him nonetheless. And she tells him, Mm -hmm. I love all of you, Matthew, warrior Mm -hmm. and scientist, killer and healer, dark and light. And he's like, how can you? So, yeah, I mean, everything we just said, Matthew loves torturing himself. This is just... I don't know. Nutella and toast to him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Delicious. He loves it. It's just, he cannot not do this. Yeah. It's compulsive with him. Yes. Well, all those things that she just rattled off, it could be Marcus and he loves Marcus. You would think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, Matthew is a crazy maker. And she tells him, Philippe couldn't have gone on like that. Your father would have kept trying to take his own life. He had suffered enough. Mm-hmm. And what you did was an act of mercy. And I'm sure yes. mm-hmm. lo- everybody has told him that before. And Diana thinks her telling him is going to make that different. I, I don't know that he got it this time. Not, I don't know. No. That he, not yet. No. Not even with the dove. No. Did he get it? Nope. So he went on to explain that he was made to promise Philippe that he would keep the brotherhood together and take care of Isabeau. As her favorite son, of course he'd be tasked with that. I mean, that all made sense to me. The Brotherhood, at this point, I don't know that it made sense on first read to me. It didn't. No, it no. didn't. Mm-mm. Makes sense now, but and no. And as Gene and I yeah. have defended Baldwin over what seems like millennia now, <laughs> it, yeah. it, makes, yes. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. For not only the bigger plan, but I think it was also Philippe's dying gift to them both was a growth experience. Right. Yeah. He was incredulous that the knights were given to him. He, yeah. He just, Baldwin thought he was lying. Well, I mean, they of course they're going to fight over it. Right. And then Matthew says, well, perhaps it was uh, Philippe's last act of madness. And no. No, no. Philippe was cognizant. Right. He knew what he's doing. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like, or was it? Or was it? <laughs> or was it? So here's a wrench. And I wrote this down because I, I I thought of it this last reread. I said, maybe that witch that visited him to scramble his memories, way more on that later, mm-hmm. was a seer and told Philippe, put Matthew in charge of the knights. You know, <laughs> just, just a passing thought. I don't know. <laughs> Possibility. I don't know. It's a possible. I think it was Philippe. Philippe, though. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I think he's, he started planning it now. I mean, he, all these tests and everything, he started, everything that was to happen later, 
is put into motion now. All part of his estate planning. Yes, his estate planning. Well, until who knows what kind of conversations or, and correspondence he and Galaglass and Philippe shared as far as planning right before they went back to the present. Yes, true. And who know who knows what Stephen was up to, which is another ditch we'll get into some <laughs> <Yeah>. other day. <laughs> Boy, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a ditch. It's a huge ditch. I know. I mean, it's possible though. The, the gypsy woman or the witch, she and he had a deep conversation. I mean, so yeah, maybe Janet was in that mix too. Mm-hmm. Who knows what kind of conversations those two had? Yeah. Sorry, readers, we're jumping ahead. To I the know. Let's, <laughs> let's not let's not get too far because people would be like, "Whoa, yeah, no, this is a huge ditch." No, I know, and I, I feel badly, but I can't help but read this chapter and the next chapter along with the Book of Life at the same time. Yeah, a lot of the things from the Book of Life is from this book. Right. There's big puzzle pieces mm-hmm. that need to fit in certain places. Yeah. Okay, so back on track, back on the road. The dove shows up as a sign of resurrection and hope. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for the Aurora Consurgence piece that we did a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of correlations well, there. Well, not to mention the fact that we also sorted out that it was a morning dove because morning doves are the only kind of doves that have the blue around the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes it interesting, too, because then it finds its way out of the church, which is kind of symbolic of Matthew. Just leave your grief behind right. and escape from the, your own prison. Yeah. I mean, the prison it's made for you. You guys figured out some fantastic symbolism, but basic Catholicism is peace. Be at peace. Yeah. yeah. Peace, dude. Peace be with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also with you. When Jean and I first met, <laughs> one of the things she told me, and I don't know if you remember, because I asked a question about Matthew, like Matthew needs an anvil to fall on his head to get it sometimes. And you just said, even the peace dove or even the dove, the morning dove didn't do it for him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this yeah. is true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should have pooped on his head. <laughs> Maybe then he would have gotten it. Poop. <laughs> like the pigeons in St. Mark's Square. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So he thanks Diana for the confession. And I remember at first read, I'm like, oh, he's confessing to her like she's some sort of priest. I'm like, well, what's, what's, I thought that was Sarah at the end of. No, no. In this chapter, he thanks Diana for the confession. No, I know. But he also made the same comment about Sarah before they time walked. Maybe he thinks anytime he tells the truth, he's doing confessional. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Could be. Could I don't be. know. Or, and maybe that's a pedestal he's putting Diana on. Yeah. So Diana gives him the feather and says, don't forget your feather. All right. End of the church scene. And then uh, Philippe approaches Diana and he's like, well, did you find him? <laughs> <laughs> and Diana, she's a little bit terse. You should have told me about Lucas's birthday. Should have. And yeah, should have. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> And, yeah. and Philippe's like, look, we all know he gets moody and you should, too. We all know when he gets moody. Right. You should, too. Had he told her, it would have been a completely different outcome. Yeah. I think she would have approached it differently. Mm-hmm. And, and Matthew would have reacted differently. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have turned disastrous, probably. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say in this exchange between her and Philippe, what really popped into my head for the first time on this read, it's like, wait a minute. Philippe's not testing him and being hard on him. Philippe is battling Matthew's demons for him mm-hmm. in the only way he knows how. Yes. That's what he's doing when he says, I'm not going to fail him. It, well, you know, I, I see him as a fixer. It's yes. A, yeah, he's a dad. Yep. Yep. Well, even I was going to say even his Myers-Briggs said he was a fixer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even funny, but it's the irony. I mean, I don't know. That we did a, that we true. actually did a personality test on Philippe. <laughs> 
<laughs> we did. We did. He had the same yeah. personality type as Eugene. Yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah. yeah, but he's much better at fixing things than I am. <laughs> uh, everything always works out in fiction, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Matthew told you about his own death, too, Philippe says. And he's like, I understand grief, but not this guilt. When's he going to put this shit behind him? You right. know, well, he didn't say shit, but you guys know what I mean. He should have. He should have. <laughs> he should have. He should have. Um, Diana's like, well, some things can't be forgotten. I feel like she was very apologetic for him. Yes. When yes. it's like, now that I'm looking at the whole thing, it's like, man, you should have sat in Philippe's study, taken notes, asked him all kinds of questions, interviewed him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then you would have saved yourself a lot of hassle. I know. It probably would have saved us a book. But and so we didn't want that to happen. No, probably. Right. No, <laughs> no, no. You can't give him the answer key. <laughs> you got yeah, to have him go through the exam. <laughs> She's true. going through it. Yeah. She's going through it. <laughs> Which brings us to the last right. paragraph here. No, he's my son. I will not fail him. And then he says, I received the word from Leon, madame. And he calls over his shoulder, which will arrive shortly to help you, just as Matthew wished. And I'm like... Oh, the end. <laughs> yeah. It's like, be careful what you wish for. Philippe is like the master of that. I know. I know. <laughs> he embodies and, that. And Diana's probably feeling pretty good. Oh, you got me a witch. Cool. Well, I was Thanks. excited. Yeah. I thought it was <laughs> like, oh, good. She's going to get help. Uh, right. So yeah. any last thoughts on chapter 10 before we move on, guys? I actually don't. Wow. No. What? <laughs> I think we covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that ends chapter 10 discussion. And thank you again, Melanie, for sponsoring Chapter 10. Oh, shout out, Melanie. Shouts, Melanie. Woo! woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so housekeeping. This segment is brought to you by Linda Zip. Thank you, Linda. Yay! Housekeeping. Uh, Angela, why don't you start? Okay. I was just thinking about Linda Zip and her wonderful review she gave us a while back when she said, keep on keeping on. We <laughs> are, Linda. <laughs> that we are. Yay. <laughs> totally. All right. I have something from Camille. She says, greeting demons. I was just thinking it'd be fun for you guys to do an entire episode dedicated to the historical and literary significance of the houses within the trilogy, from the Old Lodge to Set Tour to the house upstate New York to one of the Elizabethan London. Hope you like my suggestion. You're a witchy listener, Camille. Thanks, Camille. Thank you. We love ideas. It's a good idea. Yeah. Ideas are great. And you know, my housekeeping is Camille wrote us in January and she was asking us about Spotify. She says, hello, demons. I was wondering if there was a reason why the podcast isn't on Spotify. I know sometimes it can be complicated to upload podcasts there. So I thought I'd ask. I'm a longtime listener and I'm going to start sending more messages your way as regards to discussions. Best Camille. And thank you, Camille. And we have good news. Yay! We are now on Spotify. We are. When I wrote her back, I told her that we had to apply through our host, but we were still waiting on an answer. Spotify and iHeartRadio are not places you can just like submit your podcast. Even iTunes, I had to submit our podcast. But you have to go through your host and your host has to decide that you aren't embarrassing. And then <laughs> and then Spotify or iHeartRadio reviews the podcast to make sure they're not violating music 
music copyrights because they're basically music companies or they deal a lot with the music industry or, you know, they have their own standards of content that they want to carry. And we just got accepted into Spotify last, well, this week, early this week. So I know Angela announced it all over social media. I announced it in our Facebook group, updated the website. So it says Spotify and I'm not a big Spotify person, but apparently this is a big deal to people. So we are now on Spotify, everybody. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Do you use Spotify? Either one of you? No, I do at work until they like got mad at us for streaming because we don't have enough bandwidth. Oh, well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, can, I, I can see, though. I mean, if it's one big channel and you can get all the stuff. I mean, the only time I really look at Spotify is when I'm looking for a song on one of Deb's playlists. But I yeah. can see the, yeah. the usefulness that if I wanted to listen to music and podcasts and, you know. Yeah. Can just it's go kind there. of nice that it's all together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you live on Spotify, you can now find us on Spotify. So there it is. You're welcome. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and my housekeeping has Angela alive for another episode. It's another five-star review. <laughs> I was surprised. I'm like, what? Yeah. Another five-star review from Dasha G from the USA. Not your grandma's book club. I stumbled upon this podcast because I'm a huge fan of the All Souls trilogy. I thought it would be a regular book club discussion. I was wrong. These ladies are fun, smart, witty, naughty. I laugh every episode. Thank you, Dasha. Thank you. Yeah, Dasha. thank you. <laughs> I'll take now, it. We are naughty. Yeah. I'll t- we we're naughty. That's for sure. That is awesome. Thank you for the review. Keep them coming. Keep Angela alive. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready? Ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So our Save It for the Show is brought to you by Dr. Shelley Carter. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you, Shelley. Dr. Shelley. Our favorite vampire scientist. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Okay, so the topic of this Save It for the Show, All Souls Discussion Group, New Management, Changes to Come? Take it, Jean. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Last weekend, there was like a big shakeup in Also's discussion group. Deb has taken the helm. She has come out of the shadows from her position as an honorary admin to being the, the only admin. The only admin. Yeah. She's got a, a small team of moderators to help her out, but she has decided she is going to put her imprint on the place. Hers. Not a team of fans. This is Deb's baby now. Yeah. And yeah. it's... It, honestly, it shocked me because we all have been around in that group since 2012 on and off mm-hmm. there in the early days. And back then, Deb's approach was, I just like to pop in and play with you guys, talk yeah. and, and chat. But she never really was management. Right. No. Mm-mm. I was so shocked. I rejoined. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. I never thought I'd ever rejoin that group. But I I don't know. Part of it's curiosity. Part of it, um, to give you guys background, I don't know how many of you guys listened to episode one. I don't recommend it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the sound quality is caca. Not, I'm not even afraid of the sound quality. Anyways, I'm not going to go there. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this is how Jean, Angela, and I met. This is how we got to know.
know each other. This is we there would be no demons if there was no All Souls trilogy discussion group, which is what it was called at the time. None of that. It is the big group. And at the time when I joined, I think there was 115 members. Mm-hmm. Jean, you joined like a month later. Yeah, I was like 277. 277, right. By the yeah. time Angela joined, I think we were at like 700 or 800. No, it was like yeah. five because we, we didn't reach, seven, yeah, we didn't reach like 782 something. yet. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so yeah, so 500. That's how we met. We met Sheila there. And Sheila was one of the founders of Armitage for Claremont when we started there. Around, I'd say 2013, things started going sideways for us as far as being in that group. I feel there was kind of a conflict of interest, probably, to put it lightly. I'll probably discuss this more in the after show. It's not pertinent to this show. Yeah. It's Especially more, of a, since more of a personal casting thing. Is, casting has made it a non-issue entirely. Yes, absolutely. It's history. It, it's totally history. I, I A lot of it got personal <laughs> and I, I don't want to hash it out in here. I just want to say that I wish nothing but good things for the group because it is a large amount of fans and a lot of fans live on Facebook. A lot of the fans of this trilogy live on Facebook just because the fandom started on Facebook. We were the first ones to take it out of Facebook. We were the first ones to put it on Twitter. We were the first ones to have a separate website. We were the first ones. We were the first. I mean, that's not being braggadocious. That's being factual. That's We were the first to take it out elsewhere. And part of that is the conflict. And part of that is what caused a lot of drift between us and the group. So Angela and I eventually left. Jean stayed in, got kicked out, stayed in, got kicked out, stayed in, got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know. Be, fair, be fair to yourself, though. You weren't just a member, Val, for a while. Yeah. No, I was an admin for about a year. Yes. One of the early admins. Not one of the founding admins, but one of the early admins. And uh, was removed, not told but just removed along with three other two other people no three other people but the one that was complaining about us got hired back mysteriously a month later i'll leave it at that so we've been fine been fine with the group lately i i mean i'd say in the last year we we don't let it bother us we don't let the group bother us there were certain personality dynamics going on there but i think this is a positive change i think this is good things to come especially since deb's name's associated with it and hopefully they will be able to keep it in reins (laughs) well i i but you know take our personal history out of the whole thing i think it's a, a wonderful thing because it's not going to be a bubble anymore. Right. It's, she's trying to make it more seamless fandom entity, not just the group and Twitter. It's supposed, it's arms open wide. Yeah. Yeah. What's more of a gathering place? Yeah, that's another thing. We'd mm-hmm. have a giveaway. We wouldn't be able to post it in there before. Yeah. So we'll be able to share our giveaways. But even though it benefits the whole fandom, we would not be able to post it in there because it was considered self-promotion, uh, personal promotion, self-promotion. And it's like, um, but it's part of the whole Trilogy all we're promoting thing. is a fandom. We're not promoting ourselves or we're not trying to sell anything. We're, we're just... not trying to sell you a book. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know, we're giving away for free, but yeah. okay. And I it's don't. the book that this whole whole thing is built on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, personal feelings aside, I think this is a good thing. Um, I don't think it'll go bad. I think her rules are no. very simple and straightforward and basically don't be an asshole Deb style, which is a lot nicer than I would put it. Classier. It's way classier way than classier. we put it. Yeah, than I put it. I'm like, nah, well, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> which 
I think it's a good rule for life. But not like that. People get that. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a dick. Okay, I got it. Understand. Yeah. Yeah. You got to boil things down to the bullion cube sometimes. I know. know. I know. And then sometimes when you're too flowery and you're making it nice and you're doing these euphemisms, people get confused and they're like, well, I was being nice. No, you were being passive aggressive and nasty. Right. Don't be a dick. You were still being a dick there. You know? Right. <laughs> So good thing, bad thing. What do you guys think? I think it's good. Excellent thing. I mean, I'm sure Deb feels like a certain amount of competitiveness is is good, but she's trying to, like I said, we're all one in this. We're not, it's not like, oh, we, yeah. have, we have to like ignore that people or that people. It's we're all one fandom. And I think she just wants it to grow. And the only way is up, not, not holding people down. Yeah. That was the problem with the bubble. It's like they would pick and choose who they want to promote. It's like, oh, these people had a lovely post on this, but you'd never see a demon's post on this because, you know, we had enemies. <laughs> Let me shut up. More in the after show, guys. <laughs> yeah. But I don't hold grudges. I, I think the last year I was just, I've just been like, nah, I'm done with this. I'm done thinking about it. I'm done thinking about them. I'm just when you think, you, Angela, like you said the other day, <laughs> just when you think you, how's that quote go? It's from The Godfather 3. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. They pull me back in. <laughs> I haven't posted. I am not planning to post often in there. It's, we have our own Facebook group that I tend to play with. And you it's, just don't like Facebook, period, Val. I don't. <laughs> you don't post on your own wall. I post memes that are funny. <laughs> I'm just trying to. Well, lately, I don't post because I have friends from both ends of the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And I see the extremes of both. And I'm just like, done. look here. I, I'm so done with this. I am done. You know, unfuck your shit, people. America, unfuck your shit. <laughs> we have problems. Yes, yeah. let's work it out. But I, Facebook warring is not doing it. So I tend to stay away from Facebook. I do hide out in our group. I do, you know, I, I love the little posts that we get. And we're a small group, and I love that. I love that feeling of the early group, the early big group. Yeah. <laughs> right. When it was All Souls Trilogy Discussion Group. I love that feeling. I, I loved when we first joined, they would welcome you could post everybody. All stuff yeah. And yeah. Just, and it was great conversation. Ramble. Yeah. Yeah. They welcomed everybody. That's what I loved about it. They welcomed everybody. Welcome. 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 That ha- stopped happening around, I think, maybe 400, 500, 600 people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when it gets to 8,000, you really can't do that. Yeah, it you gets, can't It does do get that. insane. But. It's, but right now, I love welcoming the new people in our group. And we're at 80, and I think it's perfect. <laughs> maybe we could get bigger. I don't know. But yeah. but that's not a goal. It's not that's a goal. not a goal. No. 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 And we'll bring that up in last thoughts, too. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you have to say about that? anybody i think it's a good thing yeah. especially with the show coming and it'll yeah. be great i might i might everything needs to go ahead sorry grow and growth and change is great yep. what were you saying angela and uh, no i might join one day but today is not that day oh god you're having a, you're having a bad social media day <laughs> well yeah. i mean even a couple months ago i was like you know what i'm just gonna deactivate my account and i did and i'm like oh shit i can't speak to gene and valerie now 
<laughs> so just know you're the only reasons that keep me here. Damn it. <laughs> That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> was that the day when they were getting ready to tear down your high school and everybody was just totally on your last nerve? Yeah, it could have been. It could have been any number of things, but it probably. I just remember that day clearly because you're just ready to strangle some of your old classmates right, yes. over their nonsense. Yes. And it was nonsense. And it's still going on. The, the building's down, <laughs> you know, but someone will post a picture from 1955 of what it used to look like. And then the, the outrage starts all over again. Oh, oh my God. Anyways. <laughs> Facebook is, I feel like Facebook is good and bad the way it is now. Uh, the way it used to be, our, like our Facebook page, it, it doesn't grow like we want it to. It doesn't. It didn't grow like Twitter. It didn't grow because Facebook wants you to pay to promote your posts. So I post something to our, what, 970 followers and mm-hmm. maybe 7 or 8% will see it. Yeah. What kind of shit is that, Facebook? And then it gets even better because th- then they pick and choose whether they're going to let you pay for it and trying to get them to place ads. Like if you want to pay and place Facebook ads, if say you're promoting a book or whatever. Yeah. It's a freaking nightmare. Yeah. Down to we've got these weird arcane formulas as to how much image versus how much text you can have in the oh my graphic gosh. that goes with your ad. Come on, Zuckerberg. It's Ugh. stupid. I know authors who have been Band, you know, they want, it's like, take my money, please. I want to place these ads. And then they come up with these screwball reasons for banning them. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, Facebook is really messed up right now as far as their algorithms, algorithms, as far as how they monitor content. Yeah. As far as just stuff they do in general. Right now, they serve me a lot of Facebook ads and Facebook knows what I like because boy, I'd be clicking them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, here's the thing that was so terrible that happened to a uh, non-AST friend I know uh, who does a lot of personal assistant work for authors. She ran afoul of a couple of these mean girls mm-hmm. who decided they didn't like the fact that she was good at what she did and authors liked her. Mm-hmm. And they kept reporting her to Facebook for different types of things. Wow. And she finally lost all of her accounts. Not only her personal accounts, her her book account, her personal account, and the account for her real life, totally non-related business, which meant she lost all these photographs of her children. She was a competitive athlete. So from all of the events that she participated in that happened to be in her photo albums and everything else, all of it just disappeared. Wow. Not not just the account that was reported as problematic. It was all of them. And that's why Facebook is a terrible platform for it to be your only platform. And this was another thing that I brought up while while I was an admin. But, you know, I, I was saying all of the stuff that's uploaded to this discussion group belongs to Facebook. So if you're expecting to keep an archive and all of this stuff here, it's a bad idea. And yeah. it's a bad idea. You, you you should have an alternate. It's why I love that we own our own website. If we right. lose mm-hmm. stuff on Facebook, I can find it. We have it here. You know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. we have a, a web server where I store files. I give you links to files from our web server. So no one can take that away from me. If I post, if I embed like a f- Facebook post, somebody could delete that post. And then all of a sudden yeah. I have a big X in the middle of my website. Why would well, I do that? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Kind of like the, yeah, the movie, exactly. remember the net? She like wakes up and she doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's exactly what can happen. Yeah. Facebook can, can decide that group has run afoul of some rule. And, and don't even get me started about, well, you've run afoul of Facebook policy regarding community standards or nudity or whatever. And it's like, okay, tell me what the rules are. You can't find them anywhere. No, there, there than, are no rules. It's arbitrary. And whoever yes. happens to be monitoring that day. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing about it is, and is the fact that most of them, it's all contracted out and you don't even have Western European people monitoring. So they're bringing in other cultural yeah. standards. Whoever's cheaper. Whoever's cheapest. So, you you know, you've got, oh my God, it's breast. I mean, the poor breastfeeding groups, they get chased down all the time because there's nipples showing. Yeah. Yeah. It's breastfeeding people. Yeah. But it, it violates our community standards for nudity and sexual. Pro- oh, my favorite is, is promotion of sexual products or sexual activity. It's like, uh, <laughs> a breast <yeah>. pump. <laughs> it's a breast pump. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. Facebook? Yeah. So, I'm sorry, I'm off on a ditch. So Well, and that's why, you know, a lot of these fandom entities, and, and this is another tangent I can go off, a lot of these fandom entities that just rely on Instagram or Twitter, it's not a good platform to rely on. They belong to another company, even though websites Instagram are going, belongs to Facebook now. Yes, they belong to good Facebook Lord. for the past two years. So why would you not ha- want to have ownership and get a website? They're Squarespace now. Come on. I've been playing it's with that easy. sucker. It's easy. It's drag and drop and insert. And if you know a little bit more about web designing, then you can do a little bit more. But if you know less, there's a way to make things happen. My only argument with Squarespace is it looks wonky on your phone sometimes. Yeah, it depends what the uh, mobile the mobile layout is. And that's fixable. Yeah. Alessandra yeah. Torre, check it out because it looks like shit on Android. Really? <laughs> yeah, she's got, she's got her website up. She did her latest one through Squarespace and when you pull it up on Android it just goes all like a funhouse mirror all like extended out and wonky and oh, it's, oh, it's oh, bad. bad. Okay. So. Yeah, because I think that's where I'm going to move Demons Discuss when we make our current goal Squarespace. Okay. I, I think we're going to do that. All, so. all brought to us by our patrons. Our patrons. Yes. Our Yay. patrons make it possible. That's right. Mm-hmm. Keeping us ad free. <laughs> I love it. All right. So anything else to add to this meandering subject? <laughs> Considering my fall mood with social media, I will just clip it here. I, yeah. will, I will add one final thing. I think okay. it's going to be great. All, all of this change and all of this, I mean, our changes, changes in the discussion group, change. I mean, now we're entering a new era where we're now the show is made. The mm-hmm. show is done. They're doing their post-production. It exists. It's going to be a dawn of a whole new era come fall when the show goes on the air. It, it is. It's going to be one of those watershed moments where it's before show and after show. Yeah, we've been there for it all. We've been busy little bees doing all the things we need to do to spruce up for company. And I think this is Deb doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Housekeeping. It's next level time. People be ready. All right. So on that note, we'll do last thoughts and things we can't let go of after this break. Find our podcast wherever it is you like to listen to your podcast shows. You can contact us directly by emailing us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Call us at 360-519-7836. Or you can reach us on SpeakPipe. And that is speakpipe.com slash demonsdiscuss. Now become a discusser. And how you do that is go to demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the little short form, name, email address, 
Fill out the code so we know you're not a spammer. Submit that and you'll be a discusser and we'll just get to discuss things. So do that. We embed a form on each and every one of the show notes so you can just fill that out too. That's an easy way to get a hold of us. And don't forget to visit our home base. That is demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing, you'll find there, including our giveaways, our blog posts on the characters, on places. See everywhere Angela goes because she makes some trips, let me tell you. And we can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you on the internet. I'll go first. All right. My last thought. If you're listening to the show and thinking you want to join our Facebook group as a discusser, answer the damn questions. They're there for a reason. (laughs) I was the rude one. (laughs) I'm I'm just saying you need to answer answer the questions. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll languish. Yeah. If you're a listener of the podcast and you want to sit in our lounge and chat with us about the weather or about All Souls Trilogy or whatever there is out there. And chat with everybody else or, or or talk to New England Angela about yeah anything under the sun that's yeah. striking Angela that <laughs> you're, you're day welcome to hop on over and join the Facebook group but there are questions you have to answer to get in and there's a whole waiting room of people that's bothering me <laughs> no it's one's fucking with her OCD yes yes so I mean, it's, I, it's not that there's a right or a wrong answer but you need to answer well there is a right answer for the first question and that's fucking fire Drake fucking fire Drake yeah there you already got a head start as far as the Second yep. question. <laughs> this isn't like, okay, all the Facebook groups and discussion groups popping up with the All Souls world. This is more kind of a All Souls adjacent thing. Mm-hmm. Come hang out with like-minded friends and we're going to talk about other stuff, not just the books. Yes. In fact, we probably talk more about other stuff than the books. Yes. And also the idea to have a Facebook group from our podcast is not unique. When uh, I was learning how to do a podcast. And I think I tell you guys all the time, once I get interested in something, I learn everything about it. I want mm-hmm. to know. I want the details. And most podcasts have a Facebook community. I know that threw a lot of people off when we started one and we made it like, oh, you have to be a listener. No, this is for people who listen to the same podcast, listen to us. They know where we're coming from. They feel comfortable with us. They can come in Facebook and they know where our limitations are. We don't have any really, but (laughs) (laughs) they they know our limitations. They know what we're into. They know how we think about things so they can feel comfortable contributing to the conversation. Hell, Stephen joined Facebook to join our group. Yes, he did. (laughs) Yes, he did. And we love him for it. We love him for it. That's right. Stephen is the discusser in chief. And when we got his request, it said, join Facebook 16 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) But did he answer the question? Yes, he answered. He absolutely answered the questions. Yes, he did. And so, no, this is not just shutting out everybody. No, this is a community for people who enjoy our podcast, period, dot, no other motivation. And that's what it is. We're not hiding secrets of the book or secret chats with Deb or anything else like that. We don't have her locked in a room somewhere. (laughs) Hanging out. You guys... Yeah, yeah. Because frankly, if you try to join that group without listening to the podcast, you'd be missing more. I Yeah, it'd be like, I don't get that joke. Right. <laughs> yeah. What's this thing about the station wagon? Yeah. What, what does that mean? What? what? The ditch? Huh? huh? <laughs> 
it, it'll make no sense. It makes no sense. So that's that. Angela, do you have anything separate? No. I know yours was kind of the same. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, Jean and Angela shared one. So I have yeah. a few things for everybody. I want to thank our patrons. Thanks, patrons. Thank and you. The, and the after show is now live. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. I know. I know. So uh, by the time you listen to this, episode zero and episode one are live on the feed. So if you're interested in having access to that, you can become a patron. All it takes is $1 a month, and you can have us weekly. And if you feel like yes. giving more, you can get more extensive. We're a cheap day. Like our cool demon wagon items. Yes. <laughs> or you can even sponsor a segment like these ladies did today. Those who decide to give at the goddess level, you can even be on the show and choose a topic for Save It for the show. There's only one more slot available for that. And the limit was five. So, you know, don't yes. all join thinking you're going to get that. No, we, we limit it to five. Yeah. Also, All Souls Con. Those of you who can't go, sign up and get the live feed. Five bucks. Is it five bucks? Five bucks, yeah. Skip your coffee one day this week. Yeah. Drink that taster's choice in the cupboard. Power through it. You can do it. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned Demon Wagon. I don't know why. My mind. I don't even listen to country music or the Dixie Chicks, but it reminded me of the song Sin Wagon. (laughs) 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 I'll fly away on a Sin Sin Wagon. wagon. Oh, Oh. Oh, and also if they haven't sold out by now, I think at the time of this recording, I think she had something like 70, 78, 79 tickets left. 70 something. Yeah. Yeah. So hurry and get your also's tickets. For those of you planning to be there, uh, that's it for my... Yeah, we already busted last year's attendance. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, they sure did. Okay, so things I can't let go of. Um, Let me think. Oh yeah, our save it for the show. The discussion group. There needs to be like a deeper dive and why I personally left. I'll save it for the after show. It's nothing gossipy or bad. It's just my thoughts and story and why the whole scene was bad for me and a lot of original members, I think. That's save for the after show. So those of you interested in that, become a patron and you can hear our tales. Yeah. See you on the other side. Yeah. 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 Things I can't let go of are the... Septuorus chapters. We're going to be done with them soon enough. Oh, oh stop rushing it. Right. <coughs> Quiet. We're going to live there forever. <laughs> <laughs> that right. was me, not Graham. I just woke up Graham. <laughs> His little head popped up like, what's that noise? <laughs> There's a dog in distress. <laughs> No, it's just your mommy being crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. You guys ready to say goodbye? Yes. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Game and kiss. We'll talk to you next time, guys.